Hey everyone, welcome to Basic Binges on the Nom Talk Network, the only show that encourages gluttony after watching a trendy <laughs> TV show. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Manalo. It's it's so good to, to actually, uh, after years of anticipation and hearing that, uh, you know, one of the best games ever made, and that's not an exaggeration, that's just a, a fact, um, <laughs> Uh, one of the best games ever made was going to make an on-screen appearance and adaptation, as it were. Um, we finally got it last night with the debut of The Last of Us on HBO. Um, so I'm excited to break that down for you guys, but I cannot do this alone. I am surrounded by such amazing people. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Uh, Jordan, um, go ahead. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, you all know me. I'm Jordan Orozco, um, and... I'm a frequenter of uh, Nom Talk Network, but I'm so happy to be a guest with Mike uh, and with my fellow person Kenji here, who I haven't seen in a while. Good to see you, Kenji. Um, to bring this wonderful story to life um, and to like finally see it, because like you, Mike, uh, I played this a lot. Jeez, uh, God, this was like years ago when I had a PlayStation, and I was so excited to hear um, about this. So we'll get to it. So it's good to see you all. Oh, That's and awesome. I have to wait. I have to introduce what I'm eating, right? Like yeah. apparently, like we have to do. I forgot um, about so that too. <laughs> no, Go you're ahead. good. I, I'm just I'm having a hard seltzer. Uh, so funny story. I went to a grocery outlet and Hard Rock makes hard seltzers, and I was like, I'll try it because they're only six dollars. Don't get them; they're gross. But um, <laughs> it, like whatever, drinking it, and then I'm having a lovely little like vegan burger with some avocado, um, while yes. we talk. So there it is. That sounds tasty. Uh, not the not the hard seltzer, but the the other thing. The burger sounds tasty. So uh, awesome! Thank you, Jordan. Uh, and we have also got Kenji here. Kenji, what about you, man? Introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Kenji. I am an actor and a martial artist. I, uh, you know, I too. Had, it's been a while since I last played the game, like all the way through. It was back when I first came out on the PlayStation Three. And the thing, I don't know, for me, it's like sure play remasters i i don't necessarily play a game more than once so however this series has got me back into it again because uh you know and i feel like there's a lot of us probably in the community that are probably revisiting this game mm. you know for the mm -hmm. probably revisiting it or possibly even visiting it for the first time because of this series you know probably they want to know a little bit more about it and uh you know i'm uh I'm excited to be here to talk about it. And I don't have food with me. I ended up eating it in the car, but I am drinking <laughs> it. Out of, I am drinking some water out of this really nifty cup repping my dad's D&D &D campaign. But uh, yeah, uh, here we are. Here we are. Let's talk. Let's talk uh, last of us. I'm excited. Love it. Stephanie, let's see if we can get water to sponsor us uh, for the next call. I think that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I, just just for the record as well, I am also go, uh, drinking a Coke Zero. I forgot to mention that I was drinking something or eating something at the top of this. I'm not eating anything, but I am drinking a Coke Zero. Uh, for the amount of Coke Zero that I chug, we definitely do need a sponsorship from them as well. Um, <laughs> so just just saying. Um, but yes, I love it. We, we, we basically already started getting into it and I love that about this. Um, I, I, I definitely want to see, um, first off what everyone thought of it, but also you guys kind of touched on your, your, um, sorry, a uh, connection, your personal history with the property itself, with the franchise itself. Um, so based off of the fact that we've, we've sort of gotten into that, uh, I want to also see what your 
expectations were for the show based on the personal histories that you guys have had with um, The Last of Us in general, the game. Um, Kenji, I'd love to start with you. Um, talk about uh, your expectations for the show and what you thought of it overall. Well, um, well, I feel like when it comes to video game, uh, movie, live action adaptations of anything, whether it be manga, video games, comic books, uh, there's a very high expectation set and when it comes to video games, the expectations have been very disappointing more often than not. Like, I mean, we have the first Super Mario movie that came out way back when with Bob Hoskins and, you know, with with Dennis Hopper as Bowser. I mean, uh, <laughs> we also had all the Double Dragon movies, which as as fun as they were, they weren't really, they didn't really encapsulate the attitude and like just how awesome the video game really was so like to see this game to see this game be adapted so well because resident evil has been having a really hard time getting adapted properly so like there's i feel like there's a lot of us that had like a very bad like like we were very nervous about it but then to see it and it's been it's clearly obvious that the writers are very much, uh, you know, fans of the source material. They want to stay true to the source material. And because of that, uh, we've, it's been great so far. And, you know, I'm really excited to see where, uh, you know, episode two goes because, you know, like I want to know how much, how true, because there were moments in this that were like ripped right out of the game. So like to see it, to, uh, it's, it's interesting to see how close to the game they're going to be staying with this. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been a hard and long and uphill battle for video game adaptations. So uh, Verdict, of course, you liked it, right? I mean, um, overall, you were pretty happy with the product, right, Kenji? Um, it, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's I, I was, too. I think, honestly, this is one of the few instances where in not just not just that it was good, but it was so good, like at least for this first episode. Um, that I, I was really happy with it and really impressed by it. Um, Jordan, what were your thoughts and, and what were your expectations as well? Yeah, so I will have to be honest with y'all because um, in any apocalypse, I have to be honest with my people. I didn't finish the game when I played, you know, in the place. So I didn't finish all of it. Uh, I got through like maybe three quarters of it. Um, and then I, you know, I just, it wasn't, and, and I did play the remastered because that's how, I think I got a PS4 and it was like a slim and I was like, I just want to, you know, PlayStation, blah, blah, blah. So I bought it and I was like, oh, I, you know, I really want to play it. Excuse me. And what I love about specifically this story is it's not your typical zombie story, right? Like it's not your typical, like, it's not a regular zombie story. It's a cool zombie story, right? Right. Like with like a little bit of flair, right? But it, it wasn't necessarily about the monsters for me. It was about the story that leads up to it, right? Like from the jump, right? Like you get like, at least in the game, you get like the feels involved. You're like, fuck, like this is the kind of game that it's going to be. And I hate, I hate and love games like that because it's like, I get so emotionally invested in it that like, I don't want to go to work. Like, I just want to finish the game. Like, I want to know what's going on. Like, I want to know what the characters are going through and you get the character development and then it like ends, right? It's like Mass Effect, right? Where you have like Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 and then you have, you're just like, you're, you're, through, you're with it through the whole entire series, right? 
So with this game, um, I, like it was like probably one of the first games that I ever cried in, right? Where you're like playing and you're like, I don't want to play, but I got, I just need to know what's going on. And then, um, you know, once I found out that they were doing like an on-screen adaptation, I was like, absolutely, let's see what's going on. And then it was like Pedro Pascal and um, and it was Bella, right? Where you're like, fuck, like I, Pedro, like internet daddy, right? Like hot as fuck, <laughs> let's do it. He's going to be Joel. Fuck yeah, let's do this, right? Then you have Bella, who's like Lady Mormont, right? Like she's fucking like just Game of Thrones, all that stuff, right? I'm like, these people can carry this. Like, let's watch it. Um, I usually go into a video game adaptation like on screen with no expectations because if I have them with like the thing that I played with and love, it's just going to ruin it for me if I am disappointed. So I went in and I watched it and I watched it today um, and I like sat down and I was like, okay, cool. I'm fed. I have, I'm hydrated. Let's watch this. My cat was sleeping in my lap and I watched it. I was absolutely amazed it was just it, it it was the right it was just the right pace it was the right explanation it was to the point where like my mom was watching it for me and she's like a 65 year old like woman and she was like this is really interesting and i was like absolutely like you would probably love this story so um i i i think it was just you know i was a fan from the get-go and i can't wait to see how this series goes 100% concur with you on that one, Jordan. Um, you know, for the record, I bought the game when it first came out in 2013 on PlayStation 3. And I I loved it. I I played a full day um, and then checked my status and realized I was only 13% done after, <laughs> after eight hours. And I was so discouraged and so frustrated with that that I put the game away and I didn't look at it ever again for years. And then a uh, funny thing happened, um, you know, a pan, a literal pandemic happened in the world and, and, you know, everything was shut down. I wasn't going out. And it's, it's ironic that a pandemic in real life was what encouraged me to play a game about a pandemic and, you know, on PlayStation. So I, I went back and finished, re- finished um, the remastered version, um, starting from the very beginning, not the 13% where I left off, but the very beginning. And um, as soon as I finished it, I, I did part two and I swear to God, I never cried like harder in any, you know, playing any video mm. games at all. And I, I'm usually not a crier when it comes to movies, TV or video games, you know, in general, um, it really you really have to gut punch me uh, to do this. And and the games just gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. But it's it's because it's, it's coming from a place of love because it gets us to fall in love with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole essence, the whole reason that we love the games and why they connect with us so well is because Joel and Ellie, uh, they feel real to us and they feel we, we are with them on this journey. So we're endeared to them as much as Joel is endeared to Ellie, you know, by the end of the, the first game. Um, and as such... I had high hopes for this one, really, really skyrocket high hopes. Um, And those hopes ended up becoming even deeper and deeper and deeper uh, because of all the news that I heard about it. Whether you had Pedro being casted, you had Bella being casted, and both of them were phenomenal actors. I mean, who better to to be uh, America's favorite uh, child cargo carrying (laughs) like badass than Pedro Pascal? But I think the biggest selling point for me was um, that the showrunner was going to be not only Neil Druckmann, who who did the games, uh, for those who who might not know, but also Craig Mazin, who uh, is famous 
well, he's done some really bad stuff in his career. I won't deny that, but he, it all turned around as soon as uh, he did Chernobyl for HBO, which was a phenomenal mm. show. And when Chernobyl came out, people were like, I can't believe the guy that wrote superhero movie and scary movie four, I think it was scary movie four, <laughs> um, was, was the guy that did Chernobyl. But Chernobyl was a testament to how good he is when he's not doing a crap spoof movie that he's probably just trying to get paid for. Let's be frank. Um, and he turns around this first episode and everything just felt so familiar. It felt like I'd, I'd been in this world already and I've seen these these things, but I'd never seen them come to life. And those high those sky high expectations that I had, I was so shocked because it wouldn't have been surprising if it didn't meet those expectations, especially given as we talked about our history of video game adaptations. But they to to exceed them was something I never thought could happen or could be possible. And they they freaking managed to do it. So I was mm. I was blown away by this, guys. I, I fell in love with this so hard and just as even even harder uh, than than I did the game. So I'm I'm in this 100 percent, 120 percent let's say but yeah um i being that you guys are familiar with the materials and everything i want to see what you guys thought of uh some of the changes that they made um to the way that this starts out and and some of the extra context that we get with some of the characters i'd love to start with maybe the beginning um from our i guess the prologue of the show uh pre-title sequence to the introduction of sarah um jordan what did you think of all that yeah, so the pre, you know, I feel like, <clears throat> so I'm kind of, you have to look at this from like the general audience view, right? Because you have, you have a TV show that like people are like, what is this TV show about, right? Like you have like the Mandalorian and you have like these people that are in like these other series coming together to make this incredible thing that's like popping up on HBO, right? Like our HBO Max. And so like for my dad or my mom, right? Like my dad's like, oh yeah, I saw some trailers that were going on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't know the the story. Like, and I feel like the pre was a really good like warning, right? Like, and also too, I feel like because this isn't a normal sort of like zombie, like sort of pandemic film, right? Like we've gotten those already, right? Like we've gotten these, right? This guy was like, there's always that one that's like, oh, I predict this is going to happen. And somebody's like, oh, no, like, you're just full of shit, right? And, like, you get that pre-scene where it's like, no, like, the best way that, like, this could happen is if a fungus got, like, out of control, right? And if the world started warming up, right? Which we're experiencing global warming, right? Like, you know, things could happen. And my mom was watching it. She was like, oh, okay, like, that's the guy from The Mummy. And I was like... Yeah, it is. But like, you, it's Jonathan. Yeah, like, did you hear what he just said? I was like, that's not out of the norm, right? Like, that's not like a virus just happened, right? Or like, that's not like a meteor fell from the sky and like infected people. And then all of a sudden it just went like, that's not out of the norm. Like, that's kind of scary. And then all of a sudden it happens, right? Um, And so we get that, we, we get the pre, right? Like we get the scene and the scenes where you have Joel and you have his daughter and the brother like trying to escape because something's going on, right? Like, and I thought that that was done so beautifully, right? Like I knew what was coming, but I was still at the edge of my seat. I was still like, oh my God, how is it gonna happen, right? And then like, there was that point where like, 
you know, uh, um, Joel's daughter was over at the neighbor's house and you see the grandma like start to like twitch and freak out. And I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, nope. This is a this is a resident evil moment. She's got to fucking get up. She's gonna, and the, but it didn't happen. Right. And then you yeah. have like you have like Mercy, who's like the dog. And it's like, oh, fuck, something's not right. Right. Because, you know, all that stuff. And then it happens, right? And then everything that happened in the first, like, just sort of introductory scene to The Last of Us in the video game sort of played out. I kind of feel like, and to be fair, I played this years ago, so I don't kind of remember this, but I thought it took place, like, in the woods where, like, the daughter was shot and then, like, he had to, like, you know, blah, blah, you know, and then it, like, was, like, The Last of Us. And then, you know, it, like, fast forwards 20 years later. Um I, I was like, uh, I don't know. And then them going through like the small town and like trying to drive through. And then obviously Joel and the daughter getting separated from Tommy, um, you know, so, but honestly, I thought for general audiences, it was, it, it was literally the introduction to him. Like it was the hook, right? Like it was the hook to this series. It was the hook to what was going on. I was in it and I knew what was going on. And so I just thought it was beautifully done um, in the beginning um yeah they changed some small things but I like for me that like kind of didn't remember all the details of the video game I was like I'm hooked like I'm hooked on this and this is exactly what I need I love it man um I couldn't agree more honestly I think for me um that that scene with the grandma so goddamn creepy I swear to god and and you're right um you hit the nail on the head this is not your ordinary zombie show this is not the walking dead um and I think that it's funny because you could watch a million zombie movies in a row, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, um, uh, certainly full seasons of The Walking Dead. But immediately from the first couple of minutes of this show, uh, this episode in particular, it it separates themselves itself from them. It establishes an identity for itself that I think is is really, really unique. And I, you know, for, for us who have played the game, we know that the story is unique, but for the general audience who has not seen or played The Last of Us, uh, the original games. Um, absolutely, um, you know, uh, it's it sets itself differently. Um, our Kenjinator um, has redeemed Take a Bite. Um, I don't have any uh, people here that I can infect, so I don't know what I could bite um, right now. But, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, but I, I will take a swig if that's okay. It's essentially hydrate. Wait. Kenji, you're on Twitch and redeeming while we're on here? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Damn it, Kenji. Oh, my God. You're like, Jesus. Okay, hold on. It, it does remind me, though, um, just as Kenji did, if you're watching out there and you want to redeem your nom talk bucks to make us do crazy things, hydrate, talk in the third person, use crazy no. accents, anything no like that. No talk in the third person. I'm against <laughs> Don't Don't no, tell us. We, tell we encourage the all of that except talk in the third person. Kenji, don't. don't. <laughs> you know what? New rule. People that are on stream should not be able to redeem points. That's the new rule. But people on stream. No, Kenji, don't. I see you. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, well, you're talking next. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. Kenji didn't, but Namtok did. Um, so I guess, uh, is that is that directed at everyone? Does everyone talk in the third person? That's how that works? Um, okay. Uh, yes, I'm being told yes. Um, so uh, Mike would like Kenji to describe what he thought of the prologue, uh, what Kenji thought of the prologue and the, uh, with, with the introduction and Sarah um, within the show. Uh, Kenji. 
<laughs> so Kenji thought that the intro was pretty good. I mean, when Kenji was first seeing it, you know, obviously the prologue that he saw was uh, not the one from the video game, but it definitely did give, uh, you know, more context to people who haven't played the game like Kenji has, you know? So, you know, it definitely, you know, when you were playing a game, you get, uh, you know, you get to find, you know, this information as you go along, but actually the information that we're even getting in this introduction is stuff that, you know, we haven't even heard in the video game itself. So, you know, Kenji was really surprised to see that they kind of hmm. took this, this turn, you know, th this, this angle so that the, you know, the general populace could, you know, could better grasp what's going on for sure. And then of course, you know, he saw all the different, uh, you know, all those moments that were taken right out of the game, you know, like it was, it, you know, those moments made him go, oh, wow, this is, you know, really cinematic. And so the fact that it was actually, it, you know, it's that moment, you know, he, he, Kenji likes to quote often, if the wheel isn't broken, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of thing, you know, and the whole idea, and, and, and it's true, like, that moment played out so well in the game why wouldn't you just i mean do it shot for shot i guess i mean i mean obviously they took some uh some uh liberties with it you know with the whole uh with the adlers the next door neighbors you know at which i feel like you know that is a much that works out much better on screen you know, as a series would then to play, I mean, in, in a video game, because in a video game, it needs to go like this immediately. And you have to, mm -hmm. you as the player have to like, be like, like, oh, shoot. Okay. Now things are starting to happen sort of thing. It's, it's meant to engage the, the, uh, the player where in this case, this is meant to engage the viewer of <laughs> and it's a completely passive. It's now a completely passive medium. So, I love so yeah. I feel like it just worked out so well. Oh, I mean, oh no, I I, I messed up. I mean, Kenji you're, feels that uh, uh, he. Do what uh, I mean? Do <laughs> what I mean? But uh, yeah, Kenji uh, thinks that uh, that it was actually really really well done. You know, and uh, what was it? Is it Oscar Luna? Uh, the 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 one who plays a uh, Tony. Uh, oh, uh, Gabriel uh, Luna. Tommy, sorry, sorry to Gabriel. Gabriel Luna. Sorry, Gabriel yeah. Luna. <laughs> There's so many Lunas; it's hard to keep track of all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Gabriel Luna. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he's playing. He he just did a phenomenal role as Tommy. I mean, he, like, he's. I mean, I feel like the. I feel like he's really doing his best to make sure that he does a really good job. Because, like, I mean, the thing is, he's actually a phenomenal actor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was the 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 Terminator in the the most recent uh, Terminator film. Uh, most people, a lot of people didn't like it, but I thought he did a pretty good job in that. So, like, I feel like you know he's really trying to show off more. He's just like, I'm not just this stoic kind of machine, you know, which you know, which doesn't really give offer him a lot of range, but you know, this character is really giving him an opportunity to like really dig his teeth into it. And I think he's doing a fantastic job. Honestly, everyone's doing a fantastic job mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, 
Pedro Pascal, you know, doing an amazing Joel, you know, so far he's he's doing an amazing job as Joel, you know, really, he truly, under, he, he clearly understands the character, you know, and also uh, uh, congratulations to I, I, the girl who played Sarah in the, in the intro. Um, she did an amazing job because yeah. she makes you as, I mean, we know, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen with, but you know, for the people yeah. who don't know, I mean, it's they did such a good job to establish her as like the protagonist as the eyes that we're supposed to be seeing this show through and then to do the to pull to do the rug pull you know the way that they did you know obviously like i said take beat for beat from the game but still they she did a fantastic job give you know make give to portray a character in such a way that we do fall in love with her the way that we're supposed to yeah so yeah so props to that props to that actors speaking of fantastic jobs kenji amazing job with the third person for the time period that it was on um i know that we (laughs) i know that we got the signal that we could turn it off but for the entire time that it was on you did a killer job my friend well done well done one for the team i told you yes you took it for the team thank you for doing that Jordan, we definitely <laughs> tried to be merciful. <laughs> not not have you do, it. but uh, no, it helps that Kenji Kenji carried the 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 burden of that one. So thanks, buddy. Um, well done, well done. Um, <laughs> to respond to everything that you just said, uh, agreed a hundred percent. Um, Nico Parker, I believe, is that the name of the yeah. the young actress yeah. that plays yeah, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dandiwi mm-hmm. Newton's daughter, um, who who is just as talented as her amazing mother. Um, actually, Sandy Newton's daughter. Yeah, Sandy Newton's daughter. I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, right. Like they're dominating HBO because, like, Sandy Newton. Uh, I think I, I don't know if she changed her name to Thandiwe, but whatever. Sandy Newton. Um, I love her as Maeve. I love Westworld. I loved her character in Westworld. I didn't love all of Westworld, um, but she did a great job. And talent runs in the family because her daughter just crushed yeah. it as Sarah. Um, I think uh, that that was one of. And and you're right, Gabriel Luna. Man, um, he nailed the voice of um of of Tommy. He sounded exactly like Tommy. He looked exactly like Tommy too. It was it was freaking brilliant. Um, and and I can't wait to to see him. Uh, if if you played the game, you know Tommy does eventually show up again later, potentially. Um, you know, and without spoiling anything. Um, so we're not done with Gabriel Luna yet, and I'm I'm glad about that because he's he's a terrific, uh, terrific actor and doing a great job as Tommy. Um, one of the things that I love, yes, I absolutely loved um, John Hanna's uh, introduction for sure. Um, kind of understanding a little bit more about how these events are going to come into play, how the cordyceps are actually going to start manifesting themselves within human humans and and throughout the world and what that means the world the catastrophic uh feeling and tone and and sense of dread that you get just from that prologue alone that's not in the games by the way that was just brilliantly done Mm -hmm. um and i love that the other thing that they deviated from from the games which i also thought really enhances everything uh, you know greater was we spend a lot more time with sarah much like um and and kenji you were kind of alluding to this it's hard to satisfy um you know an audience uh, when when for most of the game you're you're catering to the player right like you're playing as sarah and that's how we immerse ourselves in sarah because we're playing as her and we start the game off playing as her um but you can't do that with an audience right 
So to 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 instead show a day to day life, a day in the life of, of Sarah, uh, going to school, taking the bus, getting her dad's watch repaired, visiting the neighbors. Um, you know, it's it endears selling us to hardcore her. drugs, selling, yeah, hardcore, selling drugs. hardcore, selling <laughs> hardcore drugs, stealing from her dad. Oh, no, no. Um, no, but um, it, it endears us to her. Uh, so the tragedy is is just as palpable as it would be if we played her, uh, played as her in the games. Um, and I, I, it's it's very interesting to think about how they adapted that effect um, and how they can get us to feel that. So I thought it, all the changes that they made were quite brilliant. It actually, I will say this, and this is going to make me sound like a callous son of a bitch, so I apologize. Um, but I, I, I'm kind of glad Sarah dies. Um, because quite frankly, um, she's a good hearted individual. She's a very honest individual and sad to say that type of person is not going to survive in the world that's to come. You know, I mean, like, uh, the, the dichotomy, the stark contrast between her and Ellie as characters, Ellie is a survivor. She is tough as nails. She can be vulnerable, but she also knows when to trust people, when not to trust people. Um, she's got her guard up, but she can throw down. And I don't think Sarah can do that. Um, just from uh, the brilliantly adapted moment, by the way, where they're in the car driving, it took us, it, it made it feel exactly like that scene in the games, which I loved. Mm -hmm. um, but when Joel, when, when Joel sees the family, and, you know, um, Sarah wants them to stop and even Tommy's about to stop. Joel's like, no, keep driving. And unfortunately, as tough and as crappy as that is, it's the right thing to do to survive, um, which is and, and it makes Sarah cry. Um, so it's very hard to see a world where she would survive um, the, the, the hardships to come um, if that's the type of person that she is uh, deep down. Um, so we love Sarah. I think it's necessary for her to go, not just for the story, but for the future that this world is is about to, you know, um, unveil. But but amazing work from Nico Parker, who did um, a, a, a terrific job um, portraying her and getting us to fall in love with this character. So that hurts just as badly for us as it does for Joel when he loses her. Um, our good friend Q-Ball, by the way, um, you sent a comment a little bit earlier saying that you haven't seen the show yet. Uh, you definitely have to get on that. It's if if we're not hyping it up for you, hopefully you don't care about spoilers because we're spoiling a crap ton here. Um, but uh, I'm glad that you're listening. We love that you're listening. And we love that you just redeemed stretch, which is something that I could use right now. So thank you for redeeming that, everybody. Uh, all right. It's the perfect time for us to stretch too. Uh, because having gotten past the prologue, uh, oh my back okay <laughs> it does make my back feel better too um <laughs> having gotten past the prologue we can actually start uh talking about the meat of the show um and and where the rest of the show is going to take off from here which is the 20 years later segment interestingly enough um if in case you know those of you watching um hadn't noticed the the show does start out in 2023 so when 20 years later happens guess what it's it's 2023 it's uh, our year it's modern times and i love that this, they did that they didn't just set this in the distant future of you know it, it, they're making it feel real and the craziest thing is 
we know that pandemics can happen. We know that lockdowns can happen now. So the fact of the matter is seeing this future play out in our current year, it's not difficult for us to imagine, which I really love, but they do start everything out in uh, 2023. And we see, of course, that uh, there are different quarantine zones throughout the country. Uh, The one that we started out in is the Boston zone. We're introduced to a little girl and uh, we kind of, her story, I should say, um, intertwines with Joel's story to a degree. Um, and we see something kind of difficult. What did we get, think about this reintroduction to Joel and the tone that they're setting with the story of this one little girl? Kenji, I'll start with you. Um, what did you think of that? Um, <clears throat> it was definitely fascinating to see. Like, it kind of gave us a good way of, seeing how this new world is you know how how she basically has to go through this whole like process when she first gets found you know outside the walls basically you know she you know she had she sort of gets met by people with guns then she has to go through like this whole quarantine process to make sure that she's safe and that she's not infected so i mean definitely it's like a nice little dose of uh the re of a reality pill for you know what's happening in this world and you know when i first saw that scene because of what ends up happening later on i actually thought that was like maybe possibly like a few years before what we Mm -hmm. see ultimately after the uh the incident with sarah uh, yeah. so, so I thought maybe because of the hair, I thought, oh, that's gotta be Ellie, you know, that's young Ellie when she first gets, where she first gets found, gets accepted by, gets taken in by, uh, Fedra before, uh, she plans her escape and comes to the events of the game and I guess the series. Um, but yeah, uh, that I, I actually thought it was <clears throat> I, I I loved the way that they kind of established the the setting. I I really thought because I feel like when we're playing the game, there's very rarely that you see like what Joel does in his day to day. You know, it's kind of it's all you know because we we're playing the, we're playing the character, so like what he does is what we tell him to do, sort of thing. And we to see, you know, and to to see kind of Joel being an NPC essentially for you know his NPC life for a little bit, you know, was really cool to see as well. Like I, I do really love that the, uh, the how they did set it so that it is twenty twenty three because we you're absolutely right. I could totally this is it makes it I feel like it makes it that much more believable it also hits a lot closer to home for a lot of people because it's like yeah we had what we have but this is how it could have gone so much more worse kind of thing and i feel like it's very we could have easily you know and, and how easily we could have come to where we are and how easily we could have come to that sort of a future if we you know so yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> All that to say, I thought it was great. Uh, agreed. Um, and Jordan, what do you think of it? 
So what I love about this story, right, is because with every typical zombie sort of like film and sort of like um, typical like TV show, like The Walking Dead, right? You see people and then you see them sort of trying to build up to like survival, right? Like, or building a community. And with The Last of Us, right? Like you don't see that. What you see is you see the crumbling of society at its very early stage. And then what I loved about this is the fact that like you see Joel and there's already a community formed where it's like it's protected already and you're in it, right? Like you're in what people are used to and what they're surviving in, right? Like with, with, for example, the very beginning scene, right? Like where you have the kid who like comes and they're like, oh, like, we'll, we'll protect you. We'll do all that stuff. And then the next scene that you see is Joel throwing him into the fire, right? Where, you know, like, and, and that's what's going on, right? And you're like, okay, cool. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have the Joel from that like first 2003 where his daughter died and then he had to survive all the way up to 2023 you had like 2023 and this is what the fuck life is now right and so i think i think that's that's very different already and you're like okay cool well you know it makes sense that there's a rebellion against the government it makes sense that there's you know all this stuff going on right and then it also makes sense that there's somebody that's immune to this right and so I think that the way that it was sort of like introduced and like um, what happened after, you know, everything that happened in the beginning, um, it just made sense to me and it flowed very well, like with this TV show. And like, I wasn't, even even if I hadn't played the games, like I wasn't confused. Like I wasn't like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Like what's going on, right? Like when you're watching The Walking Dead, you're like, some of this shit doesn't make sense. Like how did, why are you riding a horse through you know what I mean? And so there's yeah. just things that just don't make sense. But this was just like, perfect. It's 20 years <laughs> later. I can see how society has collapsed. Also, Boston is like going into decay, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have this one section where, you know, everybody is and gathering and there's factions and there's people against the right. So yeah. it made sense. I mean, I, although, although some people would argue that not much has changed in Boston, but, I <laughs> but anyways. No, no. I, to be honest, Kenji, I, you, you touch on a good point. I mean, when you think about how people were in 2020, basic things like wearing a mask or getting vaccinated was it was met with resistance. People people yeah. thought that the government was oppressing them when we were just trying to look out for the best interest of everyone. Um, and, and imagine, you know, in a, in a dystopian society, um, such as the 2023 in Last of Us, um, how people are feeling about Fedra, who, who is arguably even more cold than the government that's asking us to take care of ourselves and wear masks and for the safety and benefit of others. Um, you know, to to eliminate a little girl like the one that we see in the beginning, it's so 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 callously and so so you know cruelly. It it establishes perfectly um, what kind of world this is and and what kind of uh, future this is. I I thought it was actually quite brilliant, um, and it reminded me a lot of um, in a way you know um what spielberg did in schindler's list um there's there's a little girl in the pink coat and you're following her throughout some of the movie it's the only thing in color in that movie and then it's it's the visual symbolism of what happens to her um that kind of 
sets up uh, uh, you know Schindler's character for the future. Now, granted that this this little girl, um, you know, obviously doesn't have as big an impact um, as as the girl that Spielberg focused on in that movie. Um, but what it does do is through just the use of showing the shoes, we know that the the girl in the truck is the little girl that um you know we see in that segment and, and they killed her we know the situation she was infected and they threw her into the fire but we also it also tells us um where joel's at psychologically these days um the the very different nature of a man who lost his daughter because of this uh, because of the events in 2020 uh 2003 um and where he is today how how much um I wouldn't say colder. Well, no, colder. Um, how much colder he is today uh, because of the way that the world has fallen, the world has changed. And I think it's it's very important that they establish um, and and introduce audiences to this reality, to this, this future um, and, and how this world is. Um, because we've got such limited time, I'm going to jump ahead quite a bit. Um, we get to meet um, Tess. Um, in in a little bit later down the line and uh, also kind of understand a situation forming between or a situation that has been uh, present, I guess, um, between a paramilitary group called the Fireflies um, and, of course, the governments that control the uh, quarantine zones, FEDRA. Um, what did you guys think about a lot of, uh, okay, it looks like Q-Ball redeemed Sing mode, so I apologize in advance for this guys um, yeah i saw that <laughs> i was like did i am i reading that correctly you are <laughs> reading that correctly um wait is that how sing mode works we just sing everything that we're saying oh crap mm -hmm. okay you are reading that correctly yes, <laughs> we we will be discussing all of this in sing song going forward until nom talk tells us not to um so thank you for that mr cue ball thank you for making our lives a little bit more difficult uh, but that being said this is the show and we want to make it entertaining for you so let's talk about uh tests and the fireflies and bedra um we will start with jordan i apologize in advance for that <laughs> what did you think of how bedra and oh, the fireflies and tests are all introduced oh god okay <laughs> uh <clears throat> this is a first um so I feel like the way that they were introduced was very sudden and I'm usually a better singer than this. Um, but I was not disappointed with it. I feel like it could have been a little bit better, but I feel like it added to the story because there was a little bit of mystery and it was fine because as we continue the story, it kind of made sense. And then we kind of saw, cause I wasn't sure if Joel was a part of them, but then when Tess was in his bed after he took the drugs and he drank all the alcohol, I was like, okay, you are. And um, then once <laughs> it was introduced, she was like, uh, you know, the first, Scene that we get with her she's captured with some dude who clearly is just like an outlaw and she's like you know blah 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 and then the uh, 
Fedra. Fedra comes and is like, oh, hey, you. And she's like, I'm not a firefly. And she's like, I spent all night in jail. And and then Pedro Pascal's like, I don't give a shit. And then they wake up and then they're like, we got to get the battery back from this dude. And so for me, I was like, cool, I get it. There's, which is why I was telling you, Mike, there's factions and it was very sudden. But if I was an audience member, I'd be like, cool. I remember that it's 20 years later than that. And it made sense. Jordan, that was wonderful. And that was way worse than third person. I hope. Oh, it says you're good. I think we could stop. So oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. we can stop. Okay. Thank okay. God. I'm that gonna was... just I'm gonna just I'm gonna just do it in brief. Yeah, so it was really weird because you know, Texas introduced <laughs> and then we get the fireflies, and I'm like, wait, this isn't like Joss Whedon. Like this isn't like what's going on. And then I was like, oh, like I remember, great. Um, and then we find out that that's where Ellie's being held. But then that, um, gosh, I, I can't remember the leader of the the fireflies in the area. Uh, Marlene? Marlene, thank you. Yeah. Marlene is like, we're keeping her for a spe specific reason. And for those of us that have played the game, we're like, we know why. <laughs> like, we know why, she, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping her. Um, but for those in the general audience, we're like, what's going on? Like, there's some secret going on. Um, and then we find out that Pedro Pascal and like, like he's not really connected with them, but he's like, okay, like I've done shit for you. And you know, he does shit on the spy. Um, and Tess is definitely like, oh, like cool. And so I feel like, like I said, it was, it was very loosely introduced, but at the same time, I'm like, this is 20 years later. Like there's been, there's been some resistance to the order that's sort of been held in, in these areas. And then you have to kind of think like, it's not just Boston. Like there has to be some other areas in the world that have like become this. So, uh, uh, agreed. And also, Jordan, a couple of things. I want to compliment you on absolutely crushing the singing um, portions. <laughs> you 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 carried a lot of that weight. So thank you very much for that. Uh, you also have massive applause from Cue Ball, who who thinks you have a very good singing voice, and you do. Um, Cue Ball's you. absolutely right thank about you. that. Uh, cue ball that was just for you uh and in hopes that you will never redeem that ever again um no i'm joking <laughs> um but seriously um anyways uh yeah kenji um what about you uh tess the fireflies and fedra um go so i feel <clears throat> i definitely uh you know i understand how they had to you know the way that they're introduced and this is obviously different than the way that they're introduced in the video game because you know it it you know it's a different medium you know it's a different medium and so this way it works a lot better i feel definitely for sure and same with like tess you know it with tess you know when we first get meet her it's kind of like one of those it, it, she seems very much like one of those like oh this you know she you know she's a badass because they clearly have a history sort of thing as opposed to we actually see her doing you know, basically living up to her reputation a lot more than, you know, than we really get to in the game. And I definitely enjoyed the introduction, the way that they are handling the characters for sure. Like, you know, they're, we've seen as a video, as a video game fan, we have seen such severe departures from characters that are clearly been established in the medium and it's like this is a good character 
why are you changing this character? So to see these characters be treated so well, I think is just phenomenal, you know, and, you know, I mean, even with like, I think the the actress who plays Marlene actually is the voice actress for Marlene. Yeah. So like, which is like, which is crazy because that rarely ever happens where you have a guy where the voice actor really fits the, you know, the physical embodiment of who you're going for. I mean, that's, that's why they're voice actors, (laughs) you know, so you don't have, you know, you don't have, they don't have to be seen. That's the whole point. But like, so, so the, the fact that this person was able to really, you know, you know, so the fact that they were able to bring that person back, first of all, and they're killing it so well, you know, it's like, that's, first of all, that's fantastic. Let's, you know, I'm really hoping that, just for the actress's sake, you know, that's not the last that we see them. I hope, I really, really hope that we get to see more of them. But yeah, I think that the way that they're handling these characters so far has been phenomenal. Merle Dandridge, definitely huge props to her. She's, she's such a good actress, actually. I don't know if you guys, um, as, as Last of Us fans, recommendation, if you ever get the chance to see, um, you know, they put out a featurette of her doing the performance capture with Troy Baker alongside Troy Baker. And it's the final scene of the game. And they tell Troy Baker, just keep acting no matter what happens, what crazy thing happens. And they're planning Druckmann and, and um, you know, um, Merle Dandridge are planning a prank and they they play out this very serious hospital scene um which we see at the end of the game you know we're not going to go into details or of what any of that means but um she starts breaking into song opera style not unlike what we did a couple of minutes ago <laughs> and she's got a phenomenal singing voice but then troy baker who's kind of confused about what's going on he just plays along with it and he starts singing he's got this operatic like fan of the opera voice you guys have to look it up it is it is amazing it is phenomenal it's well worth the amount of time that you know you spend watching it. Um, so so huge props there. Um, Troy's, yeah. uh, uh, Troy's the one that did Booker, right? In Bioshock Infinite. I think he did. Yeah, he was also oh uh, Booker. Troy Baker's I, like, um, he's fucking phenomenal. Uh, he, he, I became obsessed with him after that game because I was like, who the fuck plays this hot ass voice? And then like <laughs> I looked it up, and there's like YouTube's of like him and the voice actress that played um, Elizabeth in that. And they're yeah. singing um, uh, with a circle be unbroken, like yeah. together, like just on guitar. And he can play guitar and just doing it. And he's just phenomenal. And the minute that I found out that, because um, he also did Uncharted, right? Like he did. That was uh, Nolan North, I think. Or was it Nolan oh, North? That's right. Well, no, he does. Yeah. He plays a, he plays a Drake's brother. He plays the older brother. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uncharted. And I was like, Fuck this dude gets around, right? Anyway, sorry. Like, well, yeah, he's, he's 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 basically Nolan North when you can't get Nolan North. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically, yeah. It, goes, it goes Nolan North, Nolan North, then Troy Baker, then Steve yeah. Bloom, and then you kind of go to whoever he else needs. <laughs> but we don't give enough credit to these voice actors who just do Absolutely a phenomenal not. job, and and um, I'm glad that Merle Dandridge, as you pointed out, Kenji, it's a rare instance for any voice actor to actually portray the character in live action, but I'm glad that she got to do it. Um, I do hear that we will get Troy and we will get Ashley Johnson later in the season of the show playing actual playing different roles. Um, obviously, Ashley Johnson, who we love as Ellie, 
uh, the original Ellie. I think she does not look like a 14-year-old girl, so you might have an Evan Hansen situation there. <laughs> um, but she's oh, a brilliant, no, no, brilliant no, no, no. actress. Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but she is brilliant, and I, I am looking forward to seeing her in Troy uh with actual roles in this as well. Um, but but you pointed on some uh some good points um kenji the, the way that they really set us up with um tests and how badass she is um anator by the way what a great what mm-hmm. a great person to play mm-hmm. uh tess um if you're a fringe fan um you know you know that she could bring the toughness and that's what she brings to tess um yes. seeing her get the crap beaten out of her in this um you know she she always does phenomenal work um we i know that we're running very low on time i do want to get to the end the introduction between joel ellie and tess and the quest that uh marlene kind of puts them on um as well as the revel a very special revelation about ellie um what did you guys think and how do you think that this was handled in comparison comparison to the way that it played out i think in the games uh kenji um we'll start with you well this basic it essentially played out almost exactly the same way the only difference is that uh you know uh gosh i just completely dripped like it was it meryl no not meryl is it was it meryl? marlene 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 sorry marlene yeah. uh marlene uh she you know the difference being that you know she's you know she's bleeding out in this scene in the series as opposed to being completely fine you know in the in the game i mean like other than that like other than like really subtle differences and i read really nuanced differences it's essentially the same it's essentially the same beat for beat and i definitely i i do i do however like how it's how we how we see more of joel's character in this moment though in this game in this moment than we do in the game because this moment in the game i think it's essentially just to teach you how to use melee combat so <clears throat> it's a very very short played moment however yeah. in this version you know obviously in this series it's that's a that's a that's a big moment that is a define that is the the moment where you know this very very reluctant you know guardianship be- comes kind of solidified in a way where it becomes you know where he where he and it's essentially where he says i've he, he essentially fully accepts the burden that, that this is going to take this is gonna, yeah. this about the that, that he's about to face and yeah i feel like it was i think it was handled so much more emotionally with a lot more emotional depth this time around than we saw it in the series but you know still though i've been it, i feel like it was just it was just executed perfectly i i wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. No changes here. Me neither. Well said. Uh, Jordan, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it was a good mix of we get to sort of see how Ellie really isn't afraid of Joel and how Joel is just like, who the fuck are you, right? Versus, you know, and then we get that later scene where, you know, there's a parallel between, you know, the him and his daughter and the, the 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 trooper about to shoot Ellie, and then he's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna fucking do this again." And then it's sort of like you make that connection where you're like, "Okay, like we can see how this is gonna sort of like play out." And then you see Tess, you know, get the machine and figure out that like she's infected. But then Ellie's like, "No, like it's three weeks old. Like I I haven't turned. Like 
it takes a day and then they're like what the fuck is going on like oh my god and then um it's it sort of like it happens really quickly and then um what i thought was really cool was the the radio signal um and how uh depeche mode came on and then it was like you know 80s like music and it was like no you can't go and then all of a sudden you're hearing all of the the clickers like go off and then the whole fucking series ends and so i feel like it was a good like it was quick but also i feel like if you were following the whole story you picked up on everything and i feel like it was a really good like oh shit this is gonna be a really good series right like we're in for some really heavy heavy you know um things going on so i thought it was great I did too. Um, I think for folks who haven't played the game, the revelation of of uh, Ellie um, being infected but not really is is going to be like, oh shoot, you know. Um, and and you know they they introduce her and and her and Joel's dynamic and relationship in such a brilliant way. I think um, you know she they they show that she's whip smart, she's very very savvy. Um, you know, just having him you know, having tricked him about finding out what the codes are um, with the radio was a really nice touch. Um, I also can't, uh, I, I, there's no way I can end the show and not touch upon a, a big whopper of an Easter egg for, for fans out there. When Marlene kind of talks to Ellie um, about the point of view of Fireflies being terrorists, she, she does a name drop. She goes, was Riley a terrorist? And for those of us who played um, the DLC Last of Us Left Behind, uh, we kind of know what that means, you know, and um, I'm half wondering if we're going to see a little bit of that somewhere later on in this uh, in this season. Um, but for those of you watching out there, I just want to preface this by saying that that name Riley, this is not going to be the last time that you hear it. Um, so hopefully you guys um, you know, pay attention to that um, down the line for the future. Um, I, I think we do have a little bit more time left. So I do want to touch on one final topic, if I can, um, which is just the performances of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey and your overall thoughts on their portrayals versus maybe Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson's. Um, what did you guys think that they brought to the performance um, and the role? And do you think that um you know was there, was there was there something different that you guys really caught on to or that really worked with you um for them uh that you didn't potentially see in the game um jordan i'll start with you Ooh, okay so i was like is it are, are they going to touch on this so i thought the joel in the video game was a little bit hotter it was a little <laughs> bit like hey i would for sure want him watching out for me but also to ellie Ellie seemed a little more like, um, for those of you that play the Walking the the Telltale Walking Dead games, she seemed a little bit more like um, Clementine to me, like in the video game where it was she was a little bit more innocent, a little bit more like not as like hard ass as this. And I feel like in the video game, Ellie became more hard ass as she stayed with Joel. Um, but this from the bat, I was like whoa like what's going on like it was it, it, it was a lot um and and you know maybe i'm just like a true like you know one of those like pure purists right where i'm like no like the original video game but i feel like i feel like the original um 
the growth of the original characters in the video game was a little bit more uh how do I like it it just explained more as you played mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. In this one, I get it. Like you have to sort of like you have to you have to introduce them, you have to do this. And Ellie does have to be hard, you know, to some extent because that's what's going on. That's what's, so I felt like there was a very different contrast. But at the same time, I feel like it worked for the for this as it did with the video game where it was like, cool, we have to introduce this in a very short period of time and it worked. Um, It wasn't like it ruined it for me. Um, I just would have liked to see it in a very different way. But it was I I feel like both of them were. Yeah, so the subtlety and the the um, development rather than going from like zero to 60, but gradually building up to her levels of badassery. I could definitely see that as about it's an incredibly valid um, criticism, actually. And I definitely can see that. Um, Yeah, I I get what you're saying with the need for audiences to kind of just pick up on her for, you know, from the get go. And if you haven't played the game, you're not going to know the difference. But but yeah, um, I do like a a nuance and subtlety when you're kind of trying to establish this character. Um, You know, I. I do think that obviously we are going to still see her get harder, um, you know, as as the show, the series season continues. Um, But you're already starting at a 60 right now. So (laughs) who knows what harder is going to mean by episode nine. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really good, really valid points. Um, Kenji, what about you, Uh, Pedro and Bella? Um, I definitely uh, am very pleased with the performances that i'm seeing uh you know he you know it, it's very obvious that they understand these characters and you know and even with what's happening with the with bella her portrayal of ellie i feel like she it, for all we know what she we're seeing right now is just a front you know she's not really actually that tough because you know for all we know like because but it is also the other thing where it's like maybe this actually is where her character is is because unfortunately we don't have what 48 hours worth of gameplay yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to work with we only have nine one hour episodes really to work with so you know we got to do what we got to do so you know i understand there's that but you know it's it's obvious that you know even though they're not the exact same characters you know the, the heart of those characters is there and i feel like that's what they understand deep down is mm-hmm. that these characters uh, you know they understand the heart of these characters and and it seems like that kind of seems to be the case with all the performers that we have so far and you know and i feel like that only really comes with the fact that you know you know the original guys from the game are you know are back to oversee it and i feel like when you have that when you have that directness to the creators of the source material, I feel like it makes it a lot easier to work with, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I am excited to see where these characters go. Um, you know, uh, I wonder how many side quests we're going to see play out mm. in the actual in the actual show. Are they just going to stick to just the main thing? And, and how much of that are they going to deviate? Because so far they're doing a really good job staying to the source material. So yeah we'll see where this goes i'm excited i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> me too um and and you're right i think having Druckmann there um to really kind of guide um 
the characters and making sure that they stay true to who they are in the game um, is incredibly valuable. Um, I, I did hear that Pedro, for example, didn't know what the game was prior to being offered the role. And when they offered him or they they asked him if he wanted to audition for it, uh, he talked to his nephews about it and they're like, do it. You got to do it. You got to do Joel. He's, he's freaking amazing. That game is so good, you know, and that's kind of his intro. And then I think Bella, I don't think she played it. Um, I heard uh, an interview on Kimmel saying that she she didn't really um, know it. So I you got to think that if they didn't play these games or if they weren't familiar with these games, uh, having Druckmann there to kind of sell them on who these characters mm. are, what their motivations are, and then to get them to do a performance that is very, very similar to what you get with Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, but maybe maybe a couple of little tweaks for, for the audiences that are watching. Um, it makes it all the more impressive, in my opinion. It's yeah. it's like you guys are coming from a place where you're not that familiar with these games, um, and you're you're capturing the characters without having really done anything with them, you know, or having had any previous experience with them. So funny story, really quick. Um, yeah. I saw an interview this morning with Gabriel Luna, and they were interviewing him on this actually that just came out, and he said that you know, so they had to go through production and all this stuff during quarantine right like because this is what was going on and he was like you know how, the, the interviewer asked him how did you get sort of the same timbre in your voice as Pedro Pascal playing the character and he said well you know what's funny is like we would call each other like over zoom and we would actually try to do each other's voice and he was like that's how I got to sound sort of like him and he said and what's what's funny is he said, I had no idea what the game was like going into the series. But then when I was offered it, they paid me to play the video game. So he was like, it was really cool to just like sit there and just like play video games for work and just to like kind of like figure out like what was going on. And so I think none of them really knew, you know, yeah. what their characters were. And then they actually got like they got paid to like play a video game. And then all of a sudden here they are like doing these characters the way that like the video game either portrayed them or like did it. And so it's just really interesting to hear that, you know, yeah. cause you don't, you don't hear a lot of that shit unless you ask him, right? Like Mike, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're like, familiar with like, asking. yeah. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I got like, paid, I I got I got paid to play video games. So this character, <laughs> you know it is. And then, and then, and then act it out. Right. Like, and then just to fucking do it would be amazing. I, I did get the the opportunity, the really great fortune of talking to Gabriel about something similar, his experience with the game um, on the nerdsofcolor.org, if you guys want to take a look at that interview. But um, he said the same thing. He he said that he, he had seen people play it before, but he never bought it himself and he never played yep. it himself. Then he was being offered the role and then they paid him to play it. And um, as he was playing it. Uh, it stopped being about the work and just started being about how how lost he got in the game, how much he loved yeah. playing it. And that's that's the Last of Us effect, right? I mean, yeah. like the story and the characters are wonderful. They're beautiful, almost human characters. Um, and that's the the power of really good storytelling, no matter what medium, video game or television. Um, you know, and and again, a testament to uh the potential that there is if you do a video game right both from a television yeah. so show perspective or a movie perspective so um fantastic fantastic first episode we are officially out of time 
but I want to let you guys, um, you know, say where everyone can find you and plug whatever you need to plug. Uh, Kenji, I'll start with you. Where can everyone find you? Well, uh, you can find me on my uh, Instagram at Kenjinator. That's K-E-N-J-I-N-A-T-O-R. Also on Sundays, uh, usually, usually it's from uh, 3 p.m to 6 p.m. Stand, uh, Pacific time, but lately it's been a little bit earlier. Uh, it gets changed up, but uh, I'm part of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with my dad. Uh, he's the DM. That's actually what I'm repping right now. It's uh, it's our shirts. It's called the Gatewalker Saga. We're uh, just from, I think, uh, like one of the one of the expansions from Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. But yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, if you want to look for him, I'll actually put it in the chat. It's uh, kd in la you'll find that on twitch on sundays yeah nice i love it uh i definitely want to watch that i i've gotten into dnd in the past couple of years and uh i know how hard campaigns are and how how much planning takes but also how fun they can be and how great and personal uh, people can make characters and games and stuff. We'd love to to see this at the Gatewalker Saga. Everyone, please check that out on Twitch um, at KDNLA. So uh, amazing! Thanks for that, Kenji. Uh, Jordan, what about you? Anything to plug? And where can everyone find you? God, nothing to plug. I'm not as cool as you and Kenji. So um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at City of Stars 13. I post some wonderful, funny, lovely stories more than I post on my Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'm just super into this nerd stuff, but I don't post about it. I'm usually just experiencing it. Like I'm old school where I like <laughs> go and I just experience it and I don't like take pictures and don't do shit. Cause I'm like, I want memories, but I need to, I need to record it. So, um, but yeah, but you how, can find how me there. How else will people know you're being legit though? How else will we know you're not <laughs> lying, man? I don't need to know I'm legit. I know I'm legit. <laughs> I know for myself. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I need to like experience that and also make sure that everybody knows what's cool around here. So, yeah, I, I, I would argue with you, Jordan, that you do have one thing to plug, which is that we'll be doing these Last of Us uh, recaps on Nom Talk uh, every week on Monday, um, whenever possible. Obviously, if changes happen, then we'll, you guys will be the first to know. But overall, um it's 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 a pleasure to be able to do this with you guys to take this journey with you guys the same way that Joel and Ellie um have are taking it and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to our next uh, episodes as well um because this is this first episode was a doozy and it's yep. only going to get more crazy from here um I've been Mike Manalo you guys can find me at tidyballboy182 but also on the nerdsofcolor.org that's at la and whattowatch.com uh, I've got some great last of us pieces on the nerdsofcolor.org right now including my review uh gave the first season uh a very rare grade that I never dish out to anything so hopefully that might entice you to check out that review but also uh a nice interview with Gabriel Luna who plays Tommy in the show definitely check that out but overall more than anything more than any of that stay tuned to nom talk network and basic binges we've got a show uh, our next show i believe is i want to say tomorrow and i believe we're doing a recap of final destination 2 oh i'm sorry on wednesday um and uh the the team will be doing a recap of final destination 2 so if you guys want to talk about some crazy deaths and logs flying everywhere uh, definitely <laughs> tune into that because it's it's going to be a hoot. Uh, other than that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. 
uh, we will, we will see you next week. All right. Take it easy.